tonight's a little bit going along with what she brought. But uh, I've been concerned because I not only, I, I figured that my total time in ministry, I could say I grew up in church. Yeah, that's ministry. I was a deacon's kid. But uh, from the time I got licensed, been around 50 years. So I've seen some things. That makes me feel old, isn't it? And so uh, I've, I've seen a lot of things, a lot of people mess up on their walk with God, not fulfilling their destiny, making mistakes by literally following after their flesh and not after the spirit. And uh, I've seen families mess up, just church splits, all kinds of things happen through my lifetime. And, and I just, it, it was a concern because God is doing some great things at Living Word. Amen? Amen. There's a spirit of faith. We have a, a great Bible school happening. And a lot of good things that uh, that's r- we're right on the verge of. Mighty move of the spirit. Hallelujah. And I don't want anything to interrupt that. And so tonight we're going to talk about a practical area of unforgiveness. Say hallelujah. Judging. Okay. Gossiping. So if I look at you, I don't really mean to. (laughs) Hallelujah. No. But the whole body of Christ needs this. I know when Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, before he went home to be with the Lord, he, that was his last message, was preaching love to the body of Christ. The importance of, you know, he said we love each other, but if you read chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, it breaks it down pretty, pretty simple that, you know, an uneducated person can understand. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians bypass that scripture and think that uh, everything's going to be okay, but it's really not because we are to walk in the perfect law of love. Amen? In fact, the whole New Testament, the, 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 great, the message of grace that we're living right now, Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law, and he says there's two laws that we are to obey. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? And uh, it's not always easy to walk that. You've got to walk that out by faith because there's some people that, that are hard to love, hard to be nice to, but we've got to do it. Jesus set the example, right? Amen? Didn't he say in, in Sermon on the Mount to pray for those who despitefully use you? Amen? Turn the other cheek and so on and so forth. So uh, there's some practical things that we have to do as Christians. Uh, Judy talked about the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ that will be judged for the works. And I believe one of those works is if our love walk has been real. I mean, glory. You know what I'm saying? Genuine. Walking in the love of God. Not just saying that I love you and then talk about somebody behind their back. Say, ouch. But love is unconditional, powerful. 
It releases you in every area of your life to fulfill the blessing of God and to live in the blessing and the anointing of God. Because nothing will put a stoppage in your Christian walk more than getting bent out of shape over offense or something like that. So I'm going to open with a scripture. Romans chapter two, verse one. And, and listen, the apostle Paul, Peter, John, they all deal with this subject because church people, all right, they're born again, but there's a level of maturity that we have to go through, they're growing. So we're talking about the early church. So Christians had to be reminded, the Roman church had to be reminded, uh, John, uh, Peter talked about almost every uh, book in the New Testament somewhere is talking about our behavior toward somebody else to the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the la- or chapter 12, the last part of that, talks about the analogy of the body of Christ being like a human body. And we can't say to the little toe, I have no need of you. Your eyeball's important. Amen? If you cut your finger, how many of you know everything goes to that? Oh, ouch, you know? Shouldn't play with knives like I do. It'd be okay. Amen. All right, now look at this. Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Rome. says, therefore, you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. For imposing as a judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself. Doesn't say God condemns you, it says you condemn yourself. You are your worst enemy. If you enter into unforgiveness and gossiping about somebody or, or judging, all right? For imposing as judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censor and denounce. Now, there are some things here. This this word judge is, in the Greek, is krino. It means to pass judgment on, to sentence, to mentally and judicially condemn. In other words, to conclude that a person is a right. See, God is the only ju- He is the only just judge. Come on now. Because we judge impartiality. That's where the race thing comes in. Or a way a person's dressed. And the Apostle Paul even addressed that in the New Testament. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. So, there's so many people, and Christians can be mean. There's, they're among some of the meanest people. Not in our church. But I've seen it. As I said, that praise God, we've been back here 40 years, and we haven't had a church split. That's a miracle, because the churches I came out of I mean, the church that I worked in as associate pastor in, in, in Arizona, there's, you know, during the time I was there, about seven, eight years, 
uh, we had several church splits. People thinking that they knew more or whatever, novices in a lot of ways, and they went out, and uh, you know, some of them now, you know, they, they have things online and so on and so forth, and I look at them, and, and you know, I mean, they've done a good work, but they could have been a lot farther along if they would have submitted to the will of God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, I don't know where that came in at, but <laughs> what I want to do, I'm a pastor, so I have to look out for your soul. Come on now. Amen. And, uh, and, and you know, I hear things in the church. People talk. You might think you can say something and it won't get back to me, but I'm the pastor. <laughs> they cannot hide pastor's appreciation from me anymore. <laughs> they tried that for years. It just doesn't work anymore. Amen. God will reveal it. But I'm not here getting on you. I'm here to help you to get over what you're going through. And, and there are some are not here tonight that probably need to be here. That's usually what happens. But I'm here to also, if you're not involved, okay, in judging, which I believe you're not, don't listen to anybody that does have something to say to somebody because what happens is you, you, you involve yourself. Well, you can't believe. Oh, man. Let's see. Justin, you, you can't believe what I've seen him do. Here he takes the offering on Sunday morning and, and I, I saw him do something. It's none of your business. Come on now. Not of your business. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is the only judge, and he's the righteous judge. So it means to conclude, to decide, to determine. Uh, <clears throat> the one who judges condemns others for their visible problems, but fails to realize that their attitudes stem from root problems which they themselves have not yet overcome. Now let me say that phrase again. The one who judges condemns others for their visible problems but fails to realize that their attitudes stem from the root problems which they themselves have not yet overcome. Didn't Jesus say before you take a splinter out of somebody else's eye to take the beam out of yours. Amen? Hallelujah. I know you wanted to come and hear faith and laugh tonight and everything. <laughs> Who knows that might happen. <sighs> Romans chapter 14. These are the scriptures. There's so many of them that I don't have time to cover everything. Why do you criticize and pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you look down upon or despise your brother? For we shall all stand before the what? Judgment seat of God. You heard that this morning, didn't you? Amen. And so uh, 
Another scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 37. It says, judge not, neither pronouncing judgment, nor subjecting to censor, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn or pronounce guilty, and you will not be condemned and pronounced guilty. Acquit and forgive and release. Now, this is what we need to do, even when somebody just aggravates us. It says, acquit, to forgive and release, give up resentment, let it drop, and you will be acquitted and forgiven and released. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. But we are the ones that get ourselves in bondage and, and uh, come. Un- Listen, what happens is literally you open the door for the enemy because you get into strife. And the Bible says where there's strife, there's every evil work. So what happens when you get into, uh, you listen to gossip or you gossip, you judge somebody, you, you know, uh, you begin to act like that and you might think you're justified in doing something like that, but what happens is that you open the door into your life, into your family. God has nothing to do with it because he's a loving God, but what happens is that we open the door for the enemy come, to come in, and it says where there's envy and strife and, and, and all of this stuff, there's every, say every, every. evil work. All right, so who is the author of the evil work. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, you're born again. You're washed in the blood, everything, but you can open the door for the enemy to come in, and you might be wondering why you don't have victory, why your family is not blessed, or everything's not going right for you, but yet somebody else. Well, check your love walk. Check your love walk. Check your attitude. It's all about that. Amen? Glory to God. All right, now. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Now, this came to my attention because in Bible school, I'm teaching the faith, principles of faith. And actually, I talked to uh, my class last week about this just a little bit. And it says, for in for we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision uh, counts for anything, but only faith that is activated and energized and expressed and working through love, okay? That is what makes it. Another word in the King James, it says, our faith works by love. Amen? So if you think you're a faith person and you're trying to receive things from God by faith, whether it's prosperity, victory, healing, whatever, and you have a critical spirit, your faith is dormant. Your faith isn't moving anything. And what happens is that that mountain's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're trying to talk to it, and it's not moving. Jesus said, if you talk to it, it's going to move. Jesus, didn't you say that? (laughs) Well, let's look at this scripture over in Mark chapter 11. In verse 22, it says, Jesus answered them, have faith in God, or we know what the margin says, have the God kind of faith. And we all like this scripture, for truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea, 
and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. We love Mark eleven twenty three, and we love Mark eleven twenty four. David Ingalls wrote that song. Mark eleven twenty three is real to me, and right next door is Mark eleven twenty four. But don't forget Mark eleven twenty five. Come on now. That's not part of the song, but anyway. Okay, verse 24, he goes on to say, Therefore I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. But when you stand praying, man of faith, woman of faith, (laughs) when you're standing praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Now, if you have a stagnant prayer life, you need to check up yourself, okay? And when you stand praying, forgive if you have any ought against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your sin. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your sins. Wow. It's pretty strong, isn't it? See, remember, you might get to heaven. Pastor Judy talked about this, that this morning. You made Jesus the Lord of your life. But why do you want to live a miserable existence down here if you're not following the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is in the Bible, you know. How do you want people to treat you? You want people to treat you with respect. You want them to love you. You want them to to honor you. So we have to give it before we get it. So that's the kingdom. Amen? Give and it shall be given to you good measure. So if you're not getting it, you're probably not giving it. So what you sow, you're going to reap and you're going to open the door for the enemy, to a tormenting devil to come in and captivate you, and you're wondering, why can't I be free? Why can't I have victory? Why? Why, why, why? The pastor's not preaching the good. The singers are not singing good. It's somebody else's problem. No, it's your mouth. It's your judgment. Hallelujah. Did my pastor say I could never preach like this if I was a pastor? <laughs> my pastor would I'd preach on Sunday nights and he would get with uh, Pastor Judy on Monday morning she was in school and she said you need to tell Ed he can't preach like this when he gets a pastor I'm not going to change I'm too old right now anyway I'm just telling you the honest truth hallelujah James says the tongue is evil Amen? And it is set on fire of hell. For with our tongue we bless God and we curse man. And James says that you can't have sweet water come out of a bitter spring. It just doesn't happen. People will see through it. Well, you know, uh, I'm just going to come and act 
spiritual today. It's Sunday morning, so I'm going to come in. Pastor's not going to know if I cussed somebody out last night. Hey, you can put on a show for a while, but you know what? Whatever, from the abundance of your heart, you're going to leak. Your mouth is going to let it out. Say, ouch. Read, James. It's all there. All right, let's look at uh, James chapter 4, verse 11, the Passion Translation. It says, dear friends, as part of God's family, how many of you are part of God's family? Never speak against another family member. Hmm. Never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. How many have violated God's law of love? It's one thing to do it not knowing it, and we can repent and ask God to forgive, but there are those in the body of Christ who think they're, they've been deputized by God to straighten everybody out. <laughs> have you ever met anybody like that? Yeah, we all have. Remember, we judge on stupid things, and we're not to do that. Okay? <clears throat> we violate God's law of love. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love, but by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. So, yes, we are to obey God's law of love. Amen? Let's go over to, let's, let's just look at a couple places. And I know you hope I will quit real quick. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19. See, when you're dealing with unforgiveness, when you have a critical spirit, Gossiping. Paul had to talk to a group of people. They call them busybodies into everybody's business. See, that is the work of the flesh. Let's look at this. Now, the works of the flesh, verse 19. The works of the flesh are revealed, which are these adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, selfishness, say selfishness, dissensions, divisions among you, heresies, envies, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not enter or inherit the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, that's why the commandment to love one another is so powerful because it's produced by the Holy Spirit in us, but we can get in the way of that if we refuse to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so he can exalt us. 
basically that's what it's all about. I don't feel like loving. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like walking like this. But you do it anyway because the Holy Spirit is in me. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is these things. First of all, it's love. It's love in action. Say love in action. All right. It's joy, it's peace, it's patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. For those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lust. For if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, and that's walking in the spirit of love. Amen? Let us not be conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. The body of Christ, I believe, to enter into this great outpouring of the Spirit. And prophets from every camp have been talking about the last day of revival. It's going to be wonderful. Why do you and I, why would we want to displace ourselves from being a part of that? By judging somebody in the body of Christ. So important. But on the other hand, it's so natural to fall into that because our flesh is involved. Hallelujah. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit and denounce attitudes, denounce feelings that we've had about people or, and I'm talking about even the past. Unforgiveness. There are people that are in bondage because they have not forgiven their mother or their father or a sibling or something in their past. You've, well, God set me free. No, you've got to do what he's told you to do. You've got to forgive by faith. You've got to release that. If you want the power of the Spirit in your life, amen, if you want to see revival, if you want to see God move in a tremendous way, then there are some steps that you have to take. You've got to repent for their actions and say, God, I'm never going to speak evil against anybody and forgive me if I ever have. And really, going, growing up in this junk, I had to go back many times and say, Father, I mean, All kinds of junk being said about this one and that one and whatever. And I, you know, I've had to say, God, if there's any person, and listen, I was close to my pastor. He was like a dad to me. I didn't agree. Well, you know, Pastor Julian and I, we had to leave because they kind of believe it was God's will to make you sick and so on and so forth. Some doctrines, we started learning faith, and, but. We love that man and his wife. Still do. He just, both of them are 90 years old, still pastoring. But he had such a love. I mean, he accepted everybody. I mean, some people that he shouldn't have. <laughs> they loved everybody. He loved those who did church splits. He just had that love. And there were some things that I got upset at people for how they treated him. And I had to go back and say, do I have anything against, I gotta release this. I gotta release those people. 
Amen? 40-something years ago, I got to release it. I don't want anything to hinder my love walk. I've got to release it and let it go. Because what happens, I mean, even Jesus turned around and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. You open the door for Satan to enter your life and cause bondage. You become captive. And in fact, in Proverbs, it says there's several things that God hates. And one of them are those who cause strife among the brethren. King James says it's an abomination to him. Some of you love God. You want to be pleased with you. You want to walk in victory. You want to walk in faith. You want your prayers to be answered. You want to, to answer the call of God, whatever that might be in your life. Well, it's time to displace all of that junk and garbage. Get rid of it. Burn it. You know, stop doing what you're doing. And listen, don't listen to people that have evil things to say against somebody else in the body of Christ. Well, this is corrective criticism. Shut up. You're judging. None of your business. What they're doing is between them and God. And if there is an issue, that's why the word of God reproves and rebukes. Amen. That's why there's pastors. Hallelujah. Come on now. This is a quiet bunch. He might never come again on a Sunday night when I preach. Can't make any play. I'm watching after your souls. I really am. Don't listen. And you need to be man enough and woman enough if you hear somebody moving over to that area to say, hey, don't do that. Don't talk about them. You're talking against a brother or sister in Christ. You're not walking in the, the love of God. I'll not listen to it. Be man enough, woman enough to do that. Because there are people, and if somebody comes on up to you for a prayer, you know, people do this in church all the time. Well, I have a prayer request for somebody, and they spill all of their garbage. <laughs> we need to pray for Sister Blabbermouth <laughs> because this is what we need to pray for. <laughs> Hallelujah. Could be a brother blabbermouth too. Come on now. This is what we need, but let, let, let's agree. Yeah, you get an agreement and you partake of their sin. Don't do it. Don't do it. Cut them off. Say, I'm sorry, I can't go there. You walk away. You want to surround yourself by people that walk in the love of God, that walk in the faith of God. You want to keep company with the household of faith. If you company with the household of faith, you're going to keep company with the household of love because faith worketh by love. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Stand up with me tonight. Hallelujah. I'm over one minute, 34 seconds. I know I rambled a little bit. <clears throat> but there are a lot more scriptures that we could have went through. Read your Bible. 
But I'm serious. There are things that we need to let go of.